0: Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go ahead and open them up to the book of Joel. The book of Joel. The book of Joel. The title, the title of my message today is Arise, Turn Him Back to God. Arise, Turn Him Back to God. Now, as we head through October and to go into November... This is a huge time for our nation. Can I get an amen? And I really believe that the Lord has been speaking to me about some things as we go, toward, uh, go through October into November about how crucial this time is that we are in today in our society, but what the role of the church is uh, in this time. And I've been talking to you some for the last several weeks about different messages God has laid on my heart. But I really feel like that God's calling the church that this is a time for us to arise. This is a time for the church to arise. And so uh, it's, it's amazing how the Lord began to work. And, and, and I tell you right now, we, we need to arise. The church needs to wake up and arise. And we need to turn back to God. If we've ever needed to turn back to God, now is the time that we need to turn back to God. You look at what's going on in the world today. You, you, you have the, the, the global pandemic that's affecting everyone. You, you have political crisis going on right before our very eyes. You, you have natural disasters that you see with the fires, the hurricanes. The list could go on. You got the division in the land. You see, uh, instead of being the, uh, you know, the United States, we're the divided states, it seems like at times. There's so much division. And we see the riots that are taking place in the streets. Listen, I'm just like Joel in this message. I'm sounding the alarm. And I'm here to tell you, I believe America is in trouble. I believe America's in trouble. I believe actually that the American church is in trouble. Not all churches because I believe many churches are are pursuing after God and pursuing after holiness and pursuing after righteousness. But when you look at some things overall, you could say America's in trouble and you could say the church is in trouble. And that's why we need to turn back to God and we need to arise, church. We need to arise like never before. Like never before, we're living in some very unstable and uncertain times. This is not a message to try to uh, push fear into you. It's it's really a wake-up call, and I'll share more about that later. But when you think about the, 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 the virus crisis and the chaos in the streets and the confusion in the minds of people, and, and, and you look around and just survey what's going on in our land, and, and we only get just a little picture of what's happening, but when you can try to get a grasp of what's going on in the whole world and what's going on right here in the United States, we can see right here in our own nation that we're on the verge of what I would call a collapse We're on the verge of a collapse. And America desperately needs God to intervene in a supernatural way and we need him to do it now. We need him to do it now. We need him to help us. We need God to help us before it's too late, friend. Listen, something has to change and it has to change quickly because the survival of this nation is at stake. It's at stake. And many people are asking the question, you know, Lord, where are you? Where are you, Lord? What are you doing in, in all this that's going on around us? It's even hard to keep up with. What in the world are you doing? And, and people are asking those questions. Uh, Joe even mentioned that there's going to be a multitude of people that are going to be down in a valley, and they're in that valley of decision because they don't know what's going on, and they're crying out, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? But I believe today the Lord is asking us a question: Where is the church? Where is god 's people why, why why haven't you why haven't you turned back to me? You, you see what's going on around you why haven't you turned back to me? And I believe God is asking that question today and it's amazing from the prophet Joel in the book there that we're about to go into now. the Lord dropped something in my heart Monday after some things that we had seen in the uh, prayer walk and the prayer rally going on in our nation's capital and how powerful that was. And then the Lord showed me some verses in Joel, and I began to go back and read, and here's your homework for the week, and this is mandatory homework, mandatory. If you don't get it, I'm going to flunk you. You're going to fail. You're going to get an F, and it don't stand for fabulous. Fabulous. I want you to read the book of Joel this week. It's, three cha- it's only three chapters. You can do it. You can do it. Three chapters. And you will see the similarities that are going on in this day and time with Joel and the same similarities that parallel to what we're facing today. And here's the lesson that we can learn from Joel. He shows us how to respond. He shows the church how we need to respond when we're facing crisis and we're facing devastation. And when we're going through chaotic times, Joel shows the church how we need to respond. So I want to just talk to you a minute. And I'm going to read to you Joel chapter 2. This is the same verse I shared Monday night in our FaceTime prayer gathering. And then I'm going to back up and give you a little background. Now I want you to know something here before I read. In Joel chapter 1, there's a great devastation that's hit the land. They've, they're experiencing something they've never experienced before. And they're wondering what in the world is going on. How many of you have asked that question and what we're going through? And Joel, he he surveys the devastation. But then he comes to a place in Joel chapter 2 where he recognizes that if the church will turn back to God, if God's people will turn back to him, that God can lift up this curse off of us and blessing can come back to the land. So let me read to you here what Joel says in Joel chapter 2 verse 12 through 17. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart. That means tear your heart. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That means sound the alarm. Declare a holy fast and call a sacred assembly. Gather the people and consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord, let them weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Father, thank you. For your Holy Spirit, please help me. Please help your people. I pray, Lord, that this word would just penetrate our hearts and there would be a a desire, God, a, a, a first love to return back to you, God, that we would call upon your name, O Jesus, and you would help us during this time. So, God, take your word and just feed every one of us with it, O God, and that we would grow spiritually. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. How to respond when we're in a national crisis and how to respond when we're in a personal crisis. The title of my message is Arise, Turning Back to God. That's the key. Now, Joel, when you back up to Joel chapter one, he prophesied at a time when devastation had come upon the land of Judah. Joel was prophesying. He had heard a word from the Lord. And when you read Joel chapter 1, you're going to see that there's a plague, a plague that has come upon the land. It's an army of locusts. It's a plague of locusts that have arrived on the land, and they have stripped the land. This this huge army, this swarm of locusts has come, and it's devoured and destroyed all the vegetation in the land. It's destroyed the pastures uh, of all the livestock, even stripped off the bark of all the fig trees. These locusts have come and they're, they're eating and they're devouring the land. And in a short period of time, this once prosperous and, and, and fruitful uh, nation became a place of destruction and desolation and despair. This plague of locusts uh, devoured the land and they sent the land into a national crisis. Isn't it amazing? Just a small little insect, a small little bug sent the whole nation in a crisis. In the plague of locust Joel wrote about. They said it's greater than anything that we've ever seen in our land before. It's greater than anything that we've ever seen in our lifetime. All the crops had been lost. And, and listen, not only had the crops been lost, but even the seeds that they had for the for the next year crops, they had been devoured and destroyed as well. A famine had ravaged the land. This was a place that was flourishing at one time, a place that was thriving in prosperity at one time. And then all of a sudden, something like they've never seen before, it came and devoured the land. It devoured the land. People were suffering and people were dying. Animals were suffering and animals were dying. The destruction and misery were were something like they had never experienced. And Joel, when he looked at everything that was going on, and as he heard from the Lord, he had one thing that he saw that could explain it all, that this must be the judgment of God. That this must be the judgment of God. The sins of the people were not mentioned, but we know that they were, uh, had turned their backs on God and were drifting away from God. And now Joel is calling them to come back to God. The prophet Joel, he was declaring to the nation, he was declaring to the nation like I'm declaring to you today, friend, that God's judgment is real and I believe God's judgment is upon our land. He was using this locust plague to point to God's judgment, but he was also using this plague to warn the people that there was a more dreadful future judgment that would come for those who refused to repent and turn their life to Jesus Christ. Joel was saying, you know what he was saying? In Jeff Dell commentary, he said, you think this is bad? You hadn't seen nothing yet. You you think these locust plagues are bad. There's a future judgment coming that's going to be called the day of the Lord when we all face judgment that's going to be way worse than this when God's wrath is poured out for the sins that are in this nation and on this land. He's saying, friend, listen, that this message that he has, it may appear to be a doomsday message, but... He starts off speaking of judgment, but then he moves his message to a message of grace and and forgiveness, reminding the people, listen, I know it's bad. I know it's dark. I know the land's been devastated. And listen, but if we'll call on the Lord and turn back to him, he will forgive us and he'll have grace on us. And he'll forgive us of our sins. So God help us today to just allow this word to speak to us about the judgment of God and also the salvation of God. The book of Joel opens up. If you open it up, the very first thing you see is the word of the Lord that came to Joel. The word of the Lord came to Joel. God spoke to Joel. A word came to Joel from God and he gave him a prophetic voice in a time of crisis, in a time of chaos, He had a prophetic voice and Joel was warning people, sound the alarm, sound the alarm, blow the trumpet in Zion. He was sounding the alarm with a prophetic voice and he was warning the people that you have to turn back to God. And he was also given the remedy that if we will turn back to God, that God would come in and lift us out of this despair and destruction that we're encountering. Joel, he spoke for God. And I wanna just remind you today, friend, in Joel's day, he was speaking for God In the day that we live in, Joel represents the church and the church should be speaking for God. We should be speaking for God. We should have a prophetic voice in these days that we're in, in the time of devastation and despair and chaos and crisis. The church should arise and be a voice in these last days. We can no longer remain silent I said we can no longer remain silent. We can no longer remain silent in a time of chaos and crisis. I prayed that in this time the church would arise and that God himself would give us a prophetic word and we can have a boldness that says, Thus saith the Lord, that we can declare what God is doing and what God will do in these last days. God, give the church, help us to arise and be a voice with Boldness. Help us to arise and and sound the alarm for people to wake up spiritually. Not to be afraid to have those conversations, but to be a bold voice that will rise up and say, you need to wake up, I'm sounding the alarm. A voice that will arise warning people to prepare to meet thy God. Oh, A voice that will rise up to call people to return back to God. A voice that will rise arise with truth in a world filled with lies and deception. A voice that will rise up with hope. A voice that will rise up with faith instead of fear a voice that will grab a hold of the hand of somebody who can't even see because they're blinded and and they've been deceived and we can grab a hold of their hand and say, follow my voice. I know the way to freedom. I know the way to hope. I know the way to peace. I know the way to joy. I know the way to this man Jesus because he can change everything. God, give us that kind of voice to grab a hold of the hand of those that are behind that don't know Christ and let's pull them along and take them to the one that can save them and change them. Hallelujah. We be a voice. A voice declaring, a voice that will arise and declare that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. A voice that will arise declaring to look up because our redemption draweth nigh. A voice that will rise up and declare that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. A voice that will arise and say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. A voice that will rise up in these last days and declare that God said I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah! Let us be a voice in these last days. We've been silent too long. Where is the church? Arise and be a voice in these last days that we would speak for God, a prophetic voice declaring over people's lives that they can be delivered, they can be set free, they can find freedom in Christ, they can become new creatures in Christ, their whole life can change, that God can restore. Where is the voice declaring that today? Oh God, help us to be a voice like Joel. Even in the midst of chaos and crisis, Lord, I pray that everyone here would be a voice in these last days. Even in the chaos and the crisis, we would be a voice of faith, not fear, in Jesus' name. Let it be so, God. Joel, he was a voice, and Joel also recognized the times We need to arise, friend. Listen, church, we need to arise and recognize the times that we're living in. Here's the question that Joel asked. He asked, has anyone ever had anything happen like this before in our history? Has anything like this ever happened before in our history? He was just looking and recognizing the times. No, the question is no. We've never seen anything like this happen. We've never seen things like this happen. The waves are coming in and it's intensifying and they're increasing by the day. We've never seen it. Things are changing by the hour. We've never seen anything like this. We've never experienced such crisis and devastation in the land. And Joel the prophet, he recognized the severity of the crisis. Joel recognized the devastation and despair that the crisis had put on the nation. And he realized that the nation was in trouble. The nation was in trouble. It does not take a genius. Listen, there's a lot of people way smarter than me, but I can look and tell hey, we're headed the wrong way. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Joel tells that they were in trouble because there was these plagues. This this plague of locusts had come upon the land. And if you read your Bible in verse 4 of chapter 1, you're going to see there there was four different groups of locusts that came upon the land. Many scholars believed it was just the the different growth stages of the locust, but they don't really know. But what we do know is the Bible says that the first uh, swarm of locusts, the first group was a cutting locust, and then there was a swarming locust, and then there was a hopping locust, and then there was a stripping locust. They were in four groups. and the Bible, Joel describes it as an army with like teeth like a lion, and everything they went on, they were just devouring it everywhere they went. Four groups cutting. Four groups that were hopping from here to there. Four groups that were tearing down with destruction. Four groups that were stripping locusts. They were stripping the land. And this swarm of locusts, this swarm of locusts stripped the land. Can you just imagine how bare it must be by now? The groups of locusts had stripped the land. And like these group of locusts, we now have groups right here in America attacking our land and stripping away what has made us flourish and thrive for so many years we have so many groups different groups with different agendas that are attacking and and trying to devour the land and pull down what's been good and what's caused us to flourish for so many years you look at our nation today look at our nation today The enemy has come into our nation and he's stripping away and he's devouring the land. The enemy is working to devour the very soul of America. The enemy is stripping away everything that's being good in this nation. Stripping away our Christian foundation. Stripping away law and order. Stripping away God's definition and design for marriage. Stripping away and devouring the family. Stripping and devouring the hopes and dreams of our children, tearing the minds of our children. They don't even know who they are anymore. I mean, you got kids that are 11, 12, 13, and 14 that are committing suicide. There's an enemy that's coming to the land and it's by groups and they're devouring the land. They're stripping and they're cutting and they're trying to tear it down the very soul of America. The enemy has come in like a flood. And he's flipped everything upside down. What was once called evil is now called good. What was called good is now called evil. You know what Isaiah said about that? He says you better watch out for those people. You better watch out for those people. He says, he says woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Listen, there's groups that are out there and they're trying to strip away the goodness of the land. It's just the truth. And Joel, when he looked around and saw what was going on, he recognized the times. And we need to look around and we need to recognize the times that we're living in. Look at the condition of our land, the cutting, the devouring, the stripping away, the tearing down. Listen to me, church. Please hear me. We need to arise and recognize that we are in a spiritual battle for this nation and for our families. And this battle that we're in is not with flesh and blood against uh, uh, an enemy, but it's against uh, uh, powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. It's against evil spirits in heavenly places. And we need to realize, friend, that our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pull down all strongholds. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we as God's people, we can depend on God and call on God and turn back to God and watch Him pull down these strongholds and watch Him win the battles for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to recognize the times. It was a dry time in the land. It was a dry time in the land. Verse 12 in chapter 1 says the land had dried out. The grapevines had dried up. All the fruit trees had dried up. The rivers had dried up. The pastures had caught on fire and burned and, and, and consumed everything. Everything was dry. And not only was the, the land dry and the, and the gardens dry and the pastures dry, but it says that the people's joy and gladness had dried up along with it. Not only was things going on in, in, the, in the land, but in the hearts of people, they had lost their joy. They had lost their gladness. There was no joy. The people's joy had dried up with the crops. And like many here today, maybe you are here and joy has dried up due to your circumstances. I don't know what you're going through today, but maybe because you've been so overwhelmed and maybe because you're going one, one attack after the other, maybe your joy has dried up. And instead of joy, you're overcome with fear. And you're overcome with worry and panic. Where, where is the joy and gladness that you once had when you were serving the Lord? Where is that joy? Where is that gladness? It's because the enemy has come in and he's devoured it. He stripped it away, and now things have begun to dry up. You've lost all joy. You've lost all hope that could be you today. Let me just encourage you right now, friend. True joy and true hope will never be found in prosperity. You hear me? It will never be found in prosperity. You can gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul. It will never be gained in prosperity. True hope and joy will never be found in a political party. Can I get an amen? Amen. True joy and hope will never be found in promotions. True joy and hope will never be found in popularity. Listen, true hope and joy will only come when you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your personal Savior. That's when true joy and true hope come is when you know Jesus Christ. Do you know him today? Do Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Not, not know about him. Not heard about him. Not I go to church. No, no, no. Do you know him? Is there a personal walk with Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ? It was a time that was dry. Joy was gone. It was also a time of no worship. Verse 16 says, if you read verse 16, I'm telling you, when you go back and do your homework now, you better let me know. You're going to read that there was no joyful celebrations in the house of God. You know why? Because there was no grain. There was no livestock. There was nothing to present a grain offering to the Lord. There was was no animals to sacrifice. They couldn't even worship. And there was no worship in the land. There was no worship. No grain, no animals to carry out the sacrifices of worship. You know what they could do? They could only sit there and all they could do was remember how it used to be. All they could do was was focus on past things that used to happen in the house of God. All they could do was try to live off the past experiences when they were at church. Let me tell you, friend, you will never thrive and you will never be fruitful if you try to live on yesterday's strength and yesterday's blessings and yesterday's victory. God has some new wine, some new grain, some new joy he wants to give you today, friend. You gotta keep moving forward with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because if you don't, listen, if you don't, you will dry up spiritually. You will dry up spiritually. And that's not what God wants for your life. He doesn't want you drying up spiritually. You wonder why, when you open your Bible, you're not hearing God speak to you like He once spoke to you. Maybe you're you're praying and you feel like there's just a wall around you. Could, could it be? Could it be that there's no worship in your life? Could it be, friend, that you need God to uh, help you and, and keep you from drying up spiritually? How can the church arise? How can here's my question for you? How can the church arise when there's no life of worship? How can we arise when there's no worship to God? How can we arise in these last days in the middle of calamity and crisis when there's no love for God? We say we love God with our lips but our hearts are far from Him. How can we worship God and, and have no surrender to God? We say we want God's will in our life and He prompts us to do this and do that and we refuse to obey God. A life of no worship, no obedience to God. Obedience to the Bible. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So God, help us today. How can the church arise if we're seeking prosperity and pleasures instead of seeking the power of God? How can the church arise if we're prayerless? I pray that God would help us in these perilous times, that we would seek after Him and turn back to Him more than we ever have before in our life. God, help us to be people of worship. We, we need to recognize, we need to recognize the despair and the darkness and the destruction. But most of all, here's what we need to realize more than anything. And it's really going to come out of a heart of confession that we have drifted away from God. Joel recognized God's people, had drifted away from the Lord and he sounded the alarm. And he says, it's time to arise and return back to God. He says in verse 12 in chapter 2, turn to me while there's still time. That's a word for somebody today. Turn to God while there's still time. 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 Turn to God in prayer and repentance. Give your hearts to God. God help us in this time of crisis and chaos to turn back to him. Joel says, come back with your hearts. He says in the word, give your hearts to God. You know why he says that? He says, rend your hearts. Listen, I don't want you to go through the motions of tradition. I want you to, I want you to tear your heart and come back to me because it's the heart that needs to change. It's the heart that needs to change. God wants us to come with a, with a, a heart that's been rendered to him. The heart needs to change. Listen, not the circumstances, not the laws, not the political views. You know what needs to change? The people's hearts. God's people's hearts need to change. And we need to come back to him in brokenness. Come back to him humble hearts. Come back to him with sincere and surrendered hearts. Turn back to God with our hearts so he can forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Joel said this. Joel said, Multitudes of people, they're going to be in this valley. How many people do we know today that are walking through valleys and they're confused? He says, They're going to be in these valleys and they're going to be asking the question where is their God? Where is their God? And when I read that, the Lord just prompts me and reminds me that that the problems that we have right now in our nation, it's not because God is not near. The problems that we have is because we have distanced ourselves from God. And I want to assure you of something. Listen, the the more that, that we distance ourselves from God, the worse things are going to get. The more, the more that the church fails to arise and the more that the church allows God to be pushed out from our society, the worse things are going to get for us. Let me just tell you, friend, a Christless society is a chaotic society. A Christless culture is a chaotic culture. If you don't believe me, I don't have time to read it now. I plan on read it, but I'm way over already. You read Romans chapter one verses eighteen through thirty-one this week, and you'll see what a society and a culture looks like. People who once knew God, but now they've turned their backs and they've chasing after their own pleasures. And you'll see how quick this culture deteriorated and was devastated. Romans 1, 18 through thirty-one, and that's why we need to turn back to God. He's our only hope. He's our only solution. The solution to our nation's problems is not at the White House. It doesn't matter who's going to be president. It does not matter. The solution and the hope for all of us is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's found in God's house through God's people. And that's why we need to turn our hearts back to him. I'm almost done. Joel called God's people to a sacred assembly. He says, gather all the people, gather the elders, gather the kids, gather the babies that are still nursing on their mom. Gather them, get everybody, get the ministers in, and we're going to call a sacred assembly. You know why he calls a sacred assembly? Because they're going through a crisis and they're going through a chaotic time. And friend, when you're in a crisis and when you're going through a chaotic time, you know it's serious business, right? It's serious business. What we see going on in our nation today is not funny. Do you hear me? It's not funny at all. It's serious business. And Joel recognized what was going on in the land and there was no laughing, there was no joy, there was no gladness. He knew it was serious business and we need to come together. You know what James said in James chapter 4? He says, "You, you used to be friends with God, but now you're enemies to God. And that ought to concern you that you've drifted away from God. Instead of laughing, instead of cheer, there should be tears coming out of your eyes. This is not a time for us to be laughing, a time for us to be dancing, a time for us to be celebrating. No, we need to be weeping and crying out to God, forgive us of our sins and help us turn back to you, oh God. It's serious business. There's no time for you to waste, there's a harvest to reach. There's, there's no time for you to be playing games with God and play in church. Hello? There's no time. There's no time for you to be lazy about the work of the Lord. There's no time for you to be hiding in fear. There's no time for you to be silent about your faith. Now is the time for the church to arise and be that voice and recognize the times that we're living in and return back to God. Return back to God. They came to God in prayer, weeping. And they began to pray. And I loved their prayer. Spare your people, O oh Lord spare your people O oh lord what if we all gathered here in the next few minutes and just began to pray spare your people O oh lord have mercy and help us to turn back to you god and we can get a revelation of what god can do pastor kevin miss amy if you'll come and help me i want you just to hear this last point and i'm gonna, i'm gonna hit it quickly Joel, in this book, you can just hear the man's heart. Our families have been devastated. The land is in chaos in Christ. We've never seen anything like this before. Lord, give us a word. And the Lord gives him a word. And he comes to the people and he calls for a a sacred assembly and he calls the people to gather together and to, to weep before God and to turn back to God. And somewhere along that, that place right there where Joel is crying out with the people and seeking God in prayer and, and coming back in repentance to God, somewhere along the way, if you keep reading, you're going to see that Joel has a revelation of what God can do. He has a revelation of what God can do, and he declares that God is slow to anger, he's rich in mercy and compassion. And if we will turn back to him, maybe he'll have a reprieve on us and and lift this curse and bring in blessing. Joel has this revelation of what God can do, what the power of God can do. He can make the pastures green again. He can make the rivers flow with water again. Listen, the trees can bear fruit again and the people can walk around with joy and gladness in their heart. That's what my God can do. If we'll just turn to him. Arise and turn to him because he can restore. Joel knew that God had the power to restore. And Joel knew God had the power to do the impossible. And Joel knew God had the power to turn things around and restore the land. And when he called the people to prayer and fasting, which we're getting ready to do in just a uh, couple of weeks, we're going to go into a time of prayer and fasting in His church. You're going to be hearing more about it. Because the reason they did that is because they knew what God could do. Joel knew. Joel had a revelation of what God can do. In church, listen to me as I, as I close it down. We need to know what God can do. We need to know what God can do. When those people are in the valley of decision, they're saying, where is their God? We need to be able to declare, this is what my God can do. It may be bare. It may be devastated. It may be are dried up it may be a calamity it may be a crisis but friend this is what my God can do and he can restore he can restore if you remember one of my favorite verses that he can restore the years that the locusts have eaten how many of you glad God can restore those things that the devil has stolen and taken from you he can restore he can restore he can restore we need to know today that God can restore We need to know today that God is in control. We need to know today that God can make all things new. We need to know today that God has the power to open the eyes of the blind. We need to know today God has the power to break chains off of people. We need to know today that God can save everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. That's what Joel declared. Do you remember it? He says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he goes on. He says, and then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We need to know that, friend. We need to know that. Anybody, not just the person that's the color of your skin, but everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord. We need to know that God has the power to raise up a remnant of true worshipers. Glory to God. Monday night at FaceTime, Pastor Kevin prayed a powerful prayer that there would be an army of true worshipers that would come up in these last days. Friend, we need to know that God can raise up a remnant of worshipers, people that love God, who are surrendered to God, who are willing to obey God, no matter the cost. Here I am, Lord. I want to worship you. God help us today. We need to know today that God has the power to turn our nation around and heal it. If my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. We need to know that God can heal our land. We need to know that God can turn it around. Hallelujah. We need to recognize that times are dark. But we need to recognize more than ever that God has the power to turn whatever it is that you're going through around. You can take that personal and you can apply it to our nation today. And I leave you with this. God can restore what the enemy has stripped away from you. That's a word for somebody today. God can restore what the enemy has stripped away from you. Maybe he stripped away a relationship. Maybe he stripped away joy, peace. Maybe he stripped away some things with your finances. Maybe he stripped away something in your family. I'm here to declare to you today, friend, that God can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He can restore what's been stripped away. Would you stand with me, please? I declare to you today that God is a God that can bring fruit back into your life, make you fruitful again. And I pray that he will right now. Lord Jesus, I wish they'd take that clock down. Lord, have mercy on us. Church, would you pray right now? We got, we got time. Would you pray right now that your heart would be just rendered to God? That just means that you want God just to, to tear it. And there would be a brokenness, a humbleness, a, a, a genuine uh turn around that you want to come back to God with your heart not 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 your mind but your heart your heart your heart Joel said give the Lord your heart give the Lord your heart can you just say right now Lord I'm turning back to you I'm turning back to you with my heart make me God restore the things that have been taken away in my life the joy the gladness the peace I've been empty and dry for so long, oh God, and I need you right now. I give you my heart. Forgive me, Lord, for drifting away from you and I turn back to you today, right now. Right now, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I need you right now more than ever, oh God. Lord, I pray right now, make me fruitful again, oh God. Make me fruitful again. Give me love again. Give me joy again. Give me peace again. Lord, make me fruitful, God. I don't want to live on what used to be. I want a new peace, a new a new joy, a new song, a new worship, a new praise. Oh God, oh God, oh God, help us to arise right there where you are, friend. Let your heart arise. Let your heart arise, arise to the Lord and say, here I am, Lord, I'm yours. Use me, use me. Give me a voice, a prophetic voice. Help me to recognize what's going on around me. Help me to turn back to you. And God, I'm going to watch you restore some things and we're going to watch you do a miracle. We're going to watch you, God, restore what the locusts have eaten in Jesus' name. Nobody looking around. If you're here today and you know that there's been a time that you once were walking with God, but you've drifted away, and today you've made that plea, that prayer, to give your heart back to God and to surrender it all back to Him. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me today, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life to the Lord. I Thank you, God bless you. There's other hands, would you raise them? If that's you, God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Lord, thank you for those honest hearts that are willing to surrender to you right now. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and give you glory. May this message just encourage us. No matter how dark and desperate things may be, God, you can restore in our lives personally and across this nation. In Jesus' name.